Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Elijah McGill, who is an artist, poet, and entrepreneur. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. If you're a first-time listener, it is great to have you on the show today. Thanks for tuning in, checking out the podcast, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to some other episodes as well. Over the past few years, we have recorded numerous episodes that highlight figures, pastors, entrepreneurs, artists, musicians, and a lot of in-between roles and functions. So take some time to go back and listen to those as well. If you're a longtime listener, thanks for your continued support. It means so much to me. If you wouldn't mind leaving an iTunes or Google Play review to show your love for this podcast, it would be much appreciated. Today I speak with Elijah McGill, who's an artist, poet, and entrepreneur. We first dig into his poetry and how he has developed this craft uh, through inspiration from his father and also spoken word and as a musician um, over the past few years and his plans in 2019, we get into his church venture that's going to be taking place down in Florida or up in Florida, depending on where you're coming from, and and the mission-centered community that he will be leading and discipling. Finally, he shares uh, the incredible challenges that he faced in 2018 and how him and his family were able to get through these heartbreaking moments and and find hope and peace in Christ. So I'm excited for this podcast today with Elijah. And without further ado, I'm just going to turn on over to my conversation with Elijah McGill. Elijah, thank you for joining me in the Guys Like Us podcast today. Hey, man, I am glad to be a part of it. I'm stoked about all that you guys have going on over here. I'm just glad to be in the number of people that would be on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Um, It's it's an honor having you on today. and I'm excited to hear more about your story, background, and just what you're, all that you're up to right now and are are looking to do soon. Um, So I know you're in in the process of moving too, so you've been... um, You've been kind of in limbo for uh, for some time now, but um, one thing I wanted to talk about, and uh, I do want to come to some, where you're looking to go, but first, uh, you're uh, a man of many talents and passions. Um, I know that you're a poet, which you do not see often these days, um, especially for men, and um, and uh, it, it's exciting to hear. I love hearing different, different um, interests and passions, but how did you first get into poetry and how, how are you expressing this? <laughs> well, um, poetry has been something that's been dear to me. Uh, my father was a actual artist. He's an artist and a poet himself. And when I was younger, I found um, a way to really express myself through writing. Mm. So I started writing, and and, uh, and my dad gave me some opportunities. And from there, I just fell in love with it, man. It's, it's something about poetry that allows you to express yourself in an artistic form where you know, it's not as it's not as uh, troublesome to other people. You know, if I just go and tell you my feelings, you're gonna be looking at me like I'm crazy. But if I put it in poetic form, art form, then you can appreciate it a little bit more with the metaphors and, and similes. <laughs> so I love it. It's something that I do, and I do it at um, my shows 
and churches. It's actually given me a broader platform. Well, yeah, it can go from crazy to beautiful, right? If you're just sharing your feelings, it's kind of crazy. But if you're putting poetry, oh, that's beautiful. Um, so do you, are you expressing it through spoken word? Uh, is it a lot of what you're writing down that you're, is it through, you know, written form? How, are, how is this coming to fruition? I do spoken word. That's my number one thing. Uh, rap is something I've always done, but spoken word, it's just rap but it, it actually gives you more space and time to express yourself. You know, when you have a rap, you do rap music, you're, you're boxing to a cadence, you know what I mean? But with poetry, man, you can flow and do whatever you want to do and take as much as you want, you know, time as you want to do it. So I'm actually working on a book for a poet, uh, for my poetry. It's called uh, Strings Art and Poetry. Mm. And uh, I have some of my poems that I've written down over the years. You know, this is about 15 years of, poetry that's going to be in this book things that i've expressed but my number one outlet for poetry is spoken word that's what wow. I mean. wow. um so i know uh what what i had uh spoken on earlier is that you're you're kind of you're going to be moving soon and i, I know you have some you have some things on the on the horizon but um that that do involve a, a bit more of a, a traditional ministry but can you speak of how you first got into your faith in Christ and how that's uh, transformed uh, over the years. Got you. Well, my mom, <laughs> my mom got me into church, number one, and I, it was more like, you know, I don't care what you got to do in the world, you're going to go to church. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't miss services, find your shoes, get in the car, we're going to service. So, I grew up in the church, um, you know, but a lot of people that grow up in the church don't necessarily, you know, identify with Christ. So uh, mm -hmm. it was a process. You know, I had some things that I've done, you know, growing up in church, but then I, I fell away for a little while. I actually came to a realization where I had to make a decision for myself. And, you know, it wasn't the best at that time, you know, but um, as, as uh, the years went on, my mom passed in 05. She was really young. That's the uh, crazy thing. She was about um, 35 when she passed. I was 20. So <laughs> just to put it in perspective. Um, so so when she passed, it was a crossroads for me. I, I called on God, and uh, God just quickened me, man. I put a lot of things down that day. I won't say all of the things I was doing, but it was some things that were not, <laughs> that, that were not smiled upon. And that day I made a decision to put all those things down and I just called on Christ and he was the only refuge I had. He was my hiding place and he was my restoration, man. And I, I just started following Christ with all my might and it's materialized over the years, man. I, I started walking for Christ full fledged in 05 and I have not looked back. And mm -hmm. when I do turn around to see the distance I've made, I can't believe it sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. I've been an associate pastor, a youth pastor. And even in one of my songs, I was like, man, you guys made me the youth pastor. Imagine that, <laughs> you know. So Christ has just really materialized mm. that for for me. And he's really showed me himself in a better light over the years. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. So you speak on just this kind of this, this restoration um, that you found through God. And um, that's in just continue, continuously growing in your life. And now I know that you're, um, you mentioned you're, you, uh, we're a youth pastor. You've been involved in, min in the, you know, quote unquote, traditional ministry, but now you're now and now you're looking to step in and, and lead a church yourself. What, 
what made you or kind of how, how, how did you lean into this calling and, and uh, what are you hoping to bring to, to this community? Oh, I'm so excited about this. Uh, the calling, the calling of God has been on me for, from my youth. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've had many prophets and people come and people have been telling me this for years. And for me, it was my, it wasn't my desire. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not like <clears throat> one of the guys that are like, Hey man, I need to get this. I need to get that. But I've been feeling it, man. This past year, I've been feeling the the call of God. And he's been speaking with me, you know, mm-hmm. through the word of God. He's been directing me and guiding me. And um, so so the call is for sure. I feel it. I Every, way, every day I wake up, it's, it's on my heart. It's on my mind. My mission, man, is going to be simple, bro. It is a mission-based, driven church. One thing I like, one thing I like about um, this group of people, this millennial this, this, you know, the, the, the current group that, that we're in, I like the fact that they are real and authentic. It's so much, so much going on in the world. You know, you got so many people that want to, you know, fake, and, I, and, I, and I'm not interested in that. I like this, this group of millennials because they are interested solely in real and authentic. They will fact check your message while you're speaking. <laughs> you know, they want to know what is really real about it, and they're not mm-hmm. accepting anything less. So my vision is is to attack that head on. Mm. I'm I'm gonna abandon the tradition of church clothes, and I'm gonna put your regular clothes on. I mean, if you wear it on Monday and Tuesday, then why not come in on Wednesday and Sunday, and just be who you are and be authentic. We're gonna take our our ministry to the street. We're gonna be in in the places that the the people are, you know. And it's just gonna be community oriented. It's, mm. it's I feel like there is a there is an absence of church involvement, you know, in this, in this last day and age in the community for that matter, you know, we, we want at one point we're holding communities together, you know, and I feel like we've deviate, de- deviated slightly, uh, just mm-hmm. in, in our appearance in the community. And I want to, I want to give back to that, you know, but most of all, I want to take people, people that need the grace of God and have no hope. And I want to, I want to match them up with the savior who, who doesn't require anything of them you know, but themselves. And, and, uh, I just want to connect them. And I feel like God is going to allow us to do that in this season. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. stoked about it, bro. It's, it's exuding from my pores right now. <laughs> yeah, I know I can tell. And it's, it's so exciting to, to see you step into this, this new, this new season and, um, and, and see kind of what, what's going to happen, how it's going to evolve. And, and you're right, as you're saying, people are fact checking on their phones or, you know, what you're saying or like, just, really making sure this is this is this is this is the good news this is this is real um and there is a need for for people to to connect with community because it can feel like when this all this information is coming um we just kind of take in this information and then run with it right but it's we're not necessarily running in the right directions with it um so how are you looking to engage the community um and, and the city that you're in I'm just going to pull up wherever they are. <clears throat> if there is a little league football mm-hmm. game, we're going to be there sponsoring a team. I mean, mm-hmm. if it's, if it's a, we have something in uh, Florida and I don't know if everybody's doing it, but it's called Habitat for Humanity and they mm-hmm. build houses. Well, 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 our church is going to show up for somebody that is doing Habitat for Humanity every week until their house project is done. I mean, you, you need hours and you need people to help you get mm-hmm. those hours and we're going to show up. We're going to, you know, Put, put our put our gloves on and we're going to go out there and do it. We're going to go to the laundromat 
and we're going to give quarters out and Bible studies. I mean, we're mm. going to engage the community where people wow. are, wow. and not just in our in our own building. Now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have church. Now don't get me wrong, but <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I feel like our engagement is going to be strictly based upon wherever the people are. Where are they? I don't have to bring them anywhere. They're not. They're already in the community, right. and I feel like if we go to where they are and reach them and just care about the things they care about, mm-hmm. ultimately, you know. They're going to see, man, that this is different. Jesus told us that the people will know you by your love one to another. Mm-hmm. That's how they'll know you. It's not It's not about how big your church is or how many signs you can put up or billboards. They're going to know you by how much you love. And if you're Christ-like, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what we're going to try to display. I mean, just be where they are and show them the love of Christ mm-hmm. at all costs, you know. So I think that's what he would do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um one thing that you, that you you mentioned is uh, is biblical principles um, and aligning yourself with uh, important biblical principles that have I'm sure shaped you uh, and shaped the and are just shaping that are continuously shaping um, your your environment your community. What um what are you look What are a few maybe that you're looking to to instill into your messages that you've already instilled and. Um, and maybe in particular kind of where Christianity is lacking right now. Well, I feel like, I feel like we're in a, we're in a, a weird zone. Now we have, we have extreme extremists and then we have those that are way away from extreme extremity. I feel like we need to show people the grace of God. You know, you know, grace is not just, it's not just this, this floating thing where, you know, you know, you just over there and you don't have to worry about your life and you know you know and it's also not this thing where you have all these rules that you have to do to appease god grace is what he said is sufficient for us and i feel like grace is going to be the the number one center of our our mission i mean we're going to show people god's grace that's what people need i mean (laughs) it's by you know grace through faith not of your own lest anyone should boast this is not from you it's from god you know ephesians will, will tell us that and I feel like grace is one of the major things that we're going to play into this. Another thing about um, the Bible is the, the unmerited truth. I feel like a lot of people are not just giving people the unmerited truth. You know, I'm going to tell them the truth. Like, he will put more on you than you can bear. That's, that's, that's what the Bible says. In fact, Paul said that, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, but we were under more pressure than we could bear. In fact... We were at the point where we wanted to die. We we felt like dead men, you know. And, but he says, but we called on God. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't want people to be confused about the matter. You know, if you tell people things like, he won't put more on you than you can bear, which is not a scripture, by the way. People will go around thinking that, and they'll be like, what's wrong with what's wrong with God? Did I do something wrong? I'm feeling more than I can bear. Well, you just feel like Paul, <laughs> you know. You know, he told us that we won't be tempted beyond measure. But as far as the weight on you, it's different, you know. So that's another thing, unmerited truth. I want to get down to what the Bible actually says. And I want to get away from the traditions that people have implied and imposed on the Bible, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big difference, you know. The impositions that people have put on the Bible mm-hmm. require men to do a whole set of things that God had never required of them. And I want to get away from that. And so grace, truth, and uh, we're also going to... Uh, focus strongly on discipleship. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the other issue. We 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 convert people, but not disciple them. You know, Jesus' great commission was go and preach the gospel, 
making disciples of all men, baptizing them in my name. And I feel like that is, is lost. We make this, we, we go and baptize people and we talk to them, but the discipleship process is a lifelong process. The discipleship process is in the hospital when they're sick, is is you know, praying them, praying with them for a job, is is praying for their children, is dedicating their children. Discipleship process is a long, drawn out process. And I think that a lot of people would would even steer away from converting so many people that they're not willing to disciple. I feel like it's an injustice when you don't disciple people that you've converted. You actually do what the scripture says and make them twice as fit for hell. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, good wisdom and, um, and insights into, into what you just said. And one thing I, I was sitting in a seminary class and the, the professor asked how many of you, um, you know, have, have been discipled. And it was like this, this, like kind of this like awkward silence in, in the class. And these people are in seminary and they, and they haven't really been discipled. Right. And it's it's crazy of how of how important that is to have um, a role model or a, a, a figure or figures that are shaping and, and really crafting you into the the, the person that that you are, are going to become in the, in a few years, right? And, and and being with you for the long haul, not not just for uh, not just for you know the, a temporary a temporary season or two, um, and it requires commitment. It requires consistency. Um, and it's hard, I think, for a lot of millennials, I speak, uh, you know, for, for millennials that it is, we like to be in one, one place. And if it's, if something isn't, isn't working where we move on to the next, next place. Right. If yeah. I think this, the age of information we're in right now too, it's, it, it's a blessing and it's a curse sometimes because we, um, we, we like something, but then we, we quickly move away from it once it's, once it's kind of met our needs. So yeah. knowing that. I think kind of reinstilling, kind of going back to, I hate to say basics, but going back to um, to kind of re reengage uh, core tenets of the of the Bible and not of the tradition, um, and and leaving that baggage aside, and going back to kind of the core and and starting to see, okay, here is what was important, and like this is a timeless concept, right? This is this is. We may have forgotten about this, but this was this was important for for the this is important for Jesus. This was in discipling his his followers wasn't just something that he was doing. Paul was doing it, and it was it was it was moving on. That's how we've gotten to the place we are today. Absolutely, we wouldn't have anything without discipleship. It reminds me of those old kung fu movies where you had the disciplines. You know, you had the master they followed around, and then you had all the disciplines that walked with them. And the master would beat you up about their disciplines, but they also beat the disciplines up if they weren't if they weren't acting right, you know. So I feel like it is a lost thing, man. We see it in all sorts of things in our in our society. We see people, you know, sororities, fraternities. They join a whole bunch of different things looking for that that engagement. But hmm. you know, Jesus was a rabbi. He was a rabbi. They, he was their teacher. A lot of people say something. They, I've heard somebody say this, and it just like. Like, you know, shook me a little bit. He was like, um, well, you know, the disciples, they didn't have any good teaching. They didn't have any teachers, you know. I was like, I was like what? He's like, they're just fishermen. They were just fishermen. They didn't have any knowledge. They, they got taught from rabbi himself, from master rabbi, from Messiah. Oh. And uh, it just always baffled me. Like, they just discredit Jesus' ministry. Like, like his discipleship wasn't enough. So you're right, man. I mean, we do need that discipleship. And millennials are 
they are moving when they're when they're um, you know when they're you know pricked a little bit you know I think the pricking is is the thing that really needs it really needs to happen in everybody so that we can move past and we can grow you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I'm excited about it man I really am I really am excited about it mm-hmm. can you uh, and you she said un, was it unmerited truth is the, is the, yeah. the phrase the unmerited truth and I love that too and um, uh, that balance of grace giving and truth telling um, and making sure that you're, uh, yeah. And, and again, that goes back to the authenticity of, um, the walk with Christ. Um, and knowing that kind of, again, looking at Paul and the, and, and the suffering, not as, not as something to be, to be upset about, um, but to know that it's part of the journey and that we're going to, we're going to move through it and you'll have people, you'll have God that'll be with you in this process. Um, and, and, and hey, this is this is this is part of the journey, right? This is part of it. Yeah, absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. Um, so speaking speaking of which, uh, I know I know 2018 was a pretty challenging, tough year for you. Um, so we're now we're turning the corner. We're we're in in, in into 2019. Uh, um, but what was going on in 2018? That the hardships that you were facing that um Goodness, bro. that held you back. You know earlier. In- Earlier in the podcast, I told you about Paul saying that he was under more pressure than he could bear. He wanted to die. Well, I know that scripture because I was looking for somebody that felt like I felt, <laughs> even despised or despaired of life itself. In January, my wife got sick, and uh, we just came back from a cruise. It was an awesome cruise, and uh, she started feeling some pain. Before that, I, it was a prophet that prophesied to us, and this took me back, called me, and said, hey, I want to talk to you. And so she called me over to the church. I was speaking with her. She said, hey, you under, you're under spiritual attack. The enemy wants to kill your ministry because of the next phase that you're going to be in. It's going to be it's going to be amazing. And God, I mean, the enemy wants to kill it now so that it doesn't come to fruition. And I was like, all right, I mean, I've, I fought some devils before, you know, it's not really, a, you know. So I got home. My wife is sick. We go to the hospital. And I mean, we were in the hospital for two, three weeks. We had nine doctors. You know, three surgeons. They're all they're all giving me papers saying that that uh, she may not make it. And and in addition to that, now while that was going on, bro, I get a phone call from some people that were supposed to be like family to us. And uh, you know, I found out that they they told a a, a horrible lie, and um, and I had to track that down. Uh, we were out of about we. we trying to fix all those things man we lost about ten thousand dollars in that process we lost our home i uh, relocated i tore my acl that same week of all that stuff that happened i was trying to get my mind off of all the stuff and i wanted to play a little flag football tore my acl up my dog bit the neighbor <clears throat> excuse me my dog bit the neighbor in the face you know just little things like that and it was all compiling just to put just to make it easy for everybody to understand I didn't work in 2018. I did my shows. I went on a tour, you know, but I, God had immediately placed me into a position of trust and faith in him. And for 2018, we walked, we walked, man. And we walked with, it's just like, it reminds me of the children of Israel. It's a cloud by day, a pillar by night. If we couldn't do anything, we couldn't go anywhere. But I will tell you this, in the calamity, there was a scripture that stayed with me, and it's in Psalms uh, 91.3. Surely he will deliver you. I, I 
found myself walking around my house, surely, surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the noise and pestilence. The snare of the fowler is a bird trap for big eagles. And the snare, they will put a bird trap on the ground when it's time to eat. Eagles come down to eat all the time. What the, what the, what the fowler do, what the bird trapper will do, is he'll put a trap down for big game. And they'll get snapped and trapped into a, a big eagle trapped amongst the pigeons. And the, um, and the noise and pestilence is a sickness. My wife had a sickness. It turned out, man, she was she was uh, had, had an appendix rupture, and it got really bad. You only have 48 hours to live with when your appendix is ruptured. And it had been 72 hours already, 72, you know, almost three, three, four days. And uh, they said her body was completely poisoned. And they're like, man, I don't, it, the doctor, I'll put it like this. The surgeon said, it's the worst infection I've ever seen in my life. That's what he told me. So I was on the hospital floor, bro, with the weight of false accusation, with the weight of my wife's life, hmm. you know, with the weight of finances, all my money stripped away from me, my job, my house, everything I had and everything I knew. And I was on that hospital floor for about six hours. And I was talking to God for six hours straight, man. And I told him, I said, God, you know, who else can I run to? Who else can I turn to? You know, I, I, I called on him. The latter part of that scripture, Paul said, when he said he's the spirit of life, he said, I called on God and he delivered me before and he'll deliver me again. And I believe that man. And I walked, I walked through 2018 me and my wife and my family, and I'll tell you something, we came out stronger than ever. Our relationship together is stronger than it's ever been. My kids and my family, we spend more time than we ever spent together. We live in a bigger house than we've ever lived in. We have wanted for nothing. We, we prayed for a lot of things, but God had provided all of them. You know, we, we reestablished. God gave us the vision for the ministry. So many things happened in this process, and I'll tell you this. I do not want to go through it again, but I will not take it back and I will not trade it for anything because it shaped me into who, into who the world is going to see over this next several, over this next several years. So I thank God, you know, I thank God for all of the afflictions because it's only going to make me pure gold. So it's process, man, but, but God has been with us through it all. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. And I'm sure when you're going, it can, those, even a few days can feel like years, years. Um, that's, that's, that's incredible. Um, especially with, with your wife too, and how the, just this, this, she wasn't supposed to live. She wasn't supposed no. to, to make it through. Um, no. <laughs> man, I was crying tears. <clears throat> I had, I had cried almost all my tears, man, by the time they came out of surgery. And I'm standing there looking like, like, what is it going to be? I don't want to hear anything but what the truth is. Don't want to give me jargon. Don't try to talk me up. Is she coming out of that room or not? And, man, she told me that. I mean, the doctor, he told me that uh, she made it. It was successful. Wow. We're going to watch her. And, man, I just had no more tears, but I was crying. Wow. It was the craziest feeling, bro. But I, was, I had so much joy, man. And I know that my God is a redeemer because he's done it for me. And he'll mm. do it for he'll do it for you. You know, surely he will deliver you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Wow. Well, now that we're you, we've gotten we're moving through this wilderness season into uh, into the promised land, um, yes, hopefully, yes, and moving forward into uh, into new territory, new territory physically too, as we'll be moving to to Florida. Um, yes, sir. 
What uh, where are you looking to go in 2019? Well, in 2019, I'm going to be moving back to Clearwater. That's where I was born and raised. That's where I grew up. I had a great relationship. That's where all this story happened, actually. I relocated to Atlanta, and I'm going to be moving back home. And I'm going to be starting to work in uh, the Pinellas County area. I have not pinpointed the specific location. I know that I'll be in Clearwater, but I don't know where the specific church is going to be based out of. Mm. But I'll tell you, man, we're coming with the truth. We're coming with the message of grace. We're coming with a surely God will deliver you. And we're going to get into the community, whatever community that God puts in our heart. And we're going to reach it, man. We're going to go. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to show them the grace that God has shown me, man. And, and uh, so I got music coming out 2019, new music, song. I put a song out earlier this year um, called Redemption. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's on iTunes. That's a shameless plug, by the way. <laughs> it's also the uh, uh, lead single from my new project called Redemption. So that's going to be coming out after the summer. But, man, I'll tell you. It's gonna be real. I used to I rap I rap for a long time, but it's never been this real and this personal. So it's it's called redemption, and that's what it's gonna be about. Man, it's gonna be about the story I just told you in greater details. And uh, you know, it, I'm I'm excited about it. You know, we got that. We also have a clothing line that's gonna be coming out called Catapult. I've already sell merchandise right now, but we're gonna make it into an official deal. It's gonna be called Catapult. Uh, we're going to have a citywide Bible study that we do. There's a whole bunch of things that God has placed on our heart, and we have things in the works. I won't give you all the secrets, but I'll tell you, Pinellas County, we're coming. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Elijah, um, it's been a pleasure having you on the, the Guys Like Us podcast, hear more about your background, your uh, your journey, and where you're looking to go. Wh- where can uh, people find you on uh, on social media uh, and stay up to date with all that you're doing? Perfect. Uh, ElijahMcGill.com is my website. Uh, I'm on Instagram at one Elijah. It's the number one, and it's Elijah. I'm on Elijah McGill on um, on Facebook. So, but if you go to ElijahMcGill.com, all my links are there, and you can see my stuff right there, man. So. Stay in touch, man. Inbox me, DM me. I'll respond to you. I'm, I'm a real person over here. So <laughs> I love to talk to people, man. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, Elijah, thanks for, for being on the podcast today. And um, I appreciate I pre- appreciate you sharing. And, and um, I'm, I'm with you in this in this journey and in, in this next season. Man, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, bro. This has been a blessing, man.